Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Welcome, friends. As we close out our Carly birthday month, I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. I thought you were saying a very special blossom, but no. <laughs> I'm John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction and fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have adventure and action. Well, we take turns selecting from our movie genre, uh, movies, movies that... In- <laughs> We were doing so well. I was fine until you made me laugh. (laughs) Damn it, Carly. I don't know what I did. You took a sip of ginger ale. God damn it. (laughs) News that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. Except for this month. Yes, of course, except for this month. (laughs) You won't see any of these movies in anyone's top ten list, except all these. Except for some of these. (laughs) But maybe you can give, uh, listen to our podcast and give these films a second chance. Today's pick. On the podcast, you messed it up too. I know. <laughs> I know. You me- Tony's pick. I messed it up last time, you messed it up this time. Mm. So what's your pick, Tony? Mm. True romance. It's I true romance. Wait, Halloween 3, right? No, it's Season of the Witch. Oh. It's Dream Warriors. Didn't we already do that? We did, actually. Yes, we did, because you know who's in that movie? It wasn't Halloween. Well, is... Dream Warriors is not Halloween 3. Kirsten <laughs> Kristen, I said, I said Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Yeah, but I said There's lots of returning guests in this movie. We have Kirsten Kristen. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the podcast, Kirsten or Kristen, whatever your fucking name is. They changed it in the movie. I'm with you. <laughs> so for Carly's birthday, I had to pick a romance movie. So I went with pretty much everyone's standard for romance movies, true romance. <laughs> it's in the title, so it must be true. It's not what I went with. Mm-hmm. I was chasing Amy. It's not mm. what you did go with. Elaine was... Must love dogs. An actual romance. <laughs> Excuse me, mine was very much about romance. Uh, mine is too. <laughs> I mean, there's other stuff. Yeah, he, loves, he just loves Elvis. There's it's no just, romance in this movie. He loves Elvis, duh. Well, this came out in 1993. Um, IMDb gives it a 7.9. Rotten Tomato gives it a 92. 92? Mm-hmm. That's too high. The uh, budget was $13 million. And it made twelve million two hundred eighty-one thousand. So there you not, go. Not appreciated. No, it wasn't. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Written by Quentin Tarantino, Glorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, Django. You know. Directed by Django. Tony Scott. With Django. Tony Scott. We've Man done Hulu. a Tarantino movie, haven't we? No, no. we did. Um, he was kinda. in a movie we did. Oh. And he wrote. I thought he did Dust Till Dawn. He was a co-writer, I think, on that. Oh, okay. And, and we did do a Tarantino movie. We did Desperado. Is that a... That's a Tarantino film. Is it? I think so. No, that's Robert Rodriguez. No, it's Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. We have not... But he was is, involved. This <laughs> Look, we've look, done two previous... Look, those two are together, previous, you never know who's directing. Because yeah. they'll done, just like one day trade and like, hey, you direct today. previous movies in which Tarantino was involved. Mm-hmm. But we have not... And even this one, he was the writer. But we have not yet done a Tarantino movie. I'd like to do and a I Tarantino movie. And I hope to God we don't ever. Everybody pick your favorite Tarantino movie? Sure. I don't have any. Pulp Fiction's everybody's go-to. We'll pick one for you. Mr. Pink? Come on. Reservoir Dogs? Come on. I mean... Kill Bill? No, I hate Kill Bill. I actually do, too. (laughs) Uh, Hateful Eight? That one wasn't very good. Carly, you see any I mean, if you were were going to cut off my arm, then I would pick Reservoir Dogs. Good one. Good pick. But I don't really like like that movie. That's canon now. That's canon, yeah. 
Just like Alabama's in re- reference to your favorite Tarantino flick there. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. You keep saying it. We're going to watch that later, and you're going to see it. I'm not going to pay any attention. She's going to read a book. <laughs> Either way, this was directed by Tony Scott. He did Man on Fire, Spy Game, Crimson Tide, and The Last Boy Scout. Oh, welcome back to the podcast, Tony Scott. I really like That was Crimson a good episode, Tide. Last Boy Scout. You like Man on Fire? No. With Denzel really? Washington? I don't like that movie. Wow. That was a good flick. I really like that flick. John watches it a lot. I like it less every time I've mm. ever seen it. I blame Dakota Fanning. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Blame the little girl. I can I, I can hate on some to go to mm-hmm. So this movie stars Christian Slater. I'm not going to tell you where these movies of people have been. Welcome back to the podcast, Christian Slater. What's Christian your favorite Slater. Christian Slater movie? Do you have one? It's Young Heather's, Guns obviously. <laughs> Heather's or Cups. Um, no, I, I would actually say Interview with a Vampire. Oh yeah, I always forget about that one. Or Gleaming the Cube. Nice. Incorrect. Back it's to it's a close between back, those two. I'm back to Heather's. What about I, Cups? Nope, I've it's going to be either Interview the Vampire or, or yeah, Glenn McHugh. pretty good. Mm. Also starring Patricia Arquette. Her, oh, that's Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, <laughs> is her best movie. She started out on top, has been shit ever since. Dennis Hopper, I think this is his first movie. Yeah, we've think. never seen him before. No. No. I really enjoy him in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Really? That's yep. all you enjoy him in? No oh, other movies come to Water mind? World, just Speed. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. <laughs> she forgot about Waterworld. But I didn't okay. forget about Waterworld. I was. She just didn't being, enjoy him just, in that. Yeah. She's being a little coy. No, um, he's great in that. <laughs> I really liked him in The Doors. Hmm? Not really, but Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun is, I think, is Tombstone. Oh yeah, he's, that's he's it. My favorite Val Kilmer movie Tombstone. is the Tombstone. Yeah, Tombstone. And then Top Gun, and no, then The Saint. Uh, Top three. Yeah. Okay. So it's okay. Yeah. Gary Oldman. Welcome back. Romeo was bleeding, or no, Dracula. professional, mm-hmm. not Dracula. The Why professional. does Gary Oldman always look like Gary Oldman, but never sound like Gary Oldman? Or when he had a cameo on Friends? Because I feel like he sounded like packed. Seth Green, but he looked like Gary Oldman. It was very oh, upsetting to me. That's what I forgot to mention in my last podcast. Where Seth Green was supposed to be Jay. Okay. Yeah, the studio didn't want Jason Mewes. Okay. They wanted Wonder Seth Wonder Green. Why. That would have sucked. <laughs> Brad Pitt. Never heard of him. Christopher Walken. Great Christopher Walken. Uh, favorite Christopher Walken movie? Ugh. I don't have one. <laughs> this one? <laughs> There's so many. I don't have a favorite Joe Dirt. Walken. Not Joe Dirt. <laughs> um, King of New York? I've never seen that. And there's, really? And there's more and more. Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> the synopsis is, in Detroit, a lonely pop culture, culture geek marries a call girl, steals cocaine from her pimp, and tries to sell it in Hollywood. The mob track them down in an attempt to reclaim it. Don Vincenzo. I have two reviews from a couple guys I've never heard of. And they both better be good. Uh, one is uh, Gene Siskel. Never heard of him. He said this is a stupid stylized road picture and gave it 25 out of 100. Okay. Well, this guy probably doesn't know what he's talking about. Never, never heard a, of him. What a mm-hmm. douche nozzle. Roger Ebert or, or a cock <laughs> said uh, true romance feels at times like a fire sale down at the cliche factory <laughs> is made with such energy and such high spirits and such an enchanting goofiness that's impossible to resist check but check your brains at the door he gave it 75 out of 100 all right well mm. that guy's a cock knocker too <laughs> differing opinions on and a tally whacker yeah. <laughs> okay so what'd you think Carly I thought 
I'm gonna make me watch this. Isn't afraid he? I'm gonna hate this movie. Yeah, have you have you seen it prior to this? No. Wow. And Tony gave a little synopsis to our roommate, and uh, before we watched it, and I was like, oh. Please don't hate it because it's one of Tony's favorite movies, and I don't want to hate it. Yeah, hate it. I don't, <laughs> it. I don't change my opinion on it. But I was, I was dreading that I would hate it. That's how I felt going in. Elaine, I was, I was very sure that I have seen this before, and I'm still very sure that I've seen this before, but I could not remember a goddamn thing about it. <laughs> the mark of a good movie. <laughs> so I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen this before. That's all I got. Johnny, I was thinking. I thought we owned this. Where the fuck is this movie? I can't find my copy of this movie. And then I remembered, oh yeah, I think this movie's awesome. Because of Lee Donowitz. I thought he was going to say, I remember, oh yeah, I had it on VHS. I think I probably did. Or, oh yeah, I remember, I got rid of it. I don't think I would have got rid of it because I, I do like this movie. Well, we'll see about that. Um, he did, previous. But I think I did own it on VHS was why I, I believe I, I did owned too, it. Yeah. but... Because I was sure when you said it, I was like, oh, I have that. And then I couldn't find it. I'm like, it might have been VHS. This was 93. I'm pretty sure it was VHS. It was probably VHS. (laughs) Which reminds me, we don't have that on DVD, so just saying, you know, Father's Day is coming, Elaine. All right. That and some egg rolls. (laughs) All right, so we start, start off with our hero, Clarence, sitting in a bar singing praises of his hero, Elvis Presley. He's talking to a lady uh, that's also sitting at the bar, and From she the says, yeah. "Yeah, she says she likes Elvis too." Clarence thinks this is his way in to befriending her, and asks her to go to a kung fu movie marathon. Yeah, she's not hearing it. That's a lot. If you're and like, "Hey, would away. you like to go to the movies with me?" She's like, "Okay." Well, it's actually three movies. Three movies you've never heard of: Street Fighter, The Return of Street Fighter, and Sister Street Fighter. Yeah. You really gotta like somebody to want to go see that, yeah. <laughs> or get <That's> paid. <laughs> we'll get to that. We get the title scene over a shot of night of uh, Detroit at night. Is that what Detroit looks like at night? There's Lane? a voiceover, and I wrote down, "Good God, what the fuck is that accent?" <laughs> it's Patricia Arquette. It's terrible. Or, which yeah, it's Patricia, right? Yeah. Well, I think I, I this those is Kirsten doing an accent. Kirsten, Kristen. <laughs> I thought it was David so for a minute, bad. but so bad. We get uh, random scenes of places in snow-covered Detroit. More actors' names play over the screen. And an uplifting song played on, I guess, the xylophone or Jamaican drums. I don't know. In the background. (laughs) The steel drums. Is that what it is? I think so. No, let's go with the xylophone. (laughs) Uh, Daylight approaches and we get a voiceover from Alabama. Uh, She explains how she was searching for her true love. Never thought she would find it here. Hey, you know what? Motown's got quality people from what I understand. I agree. We see her jump out of a cab in a long leopard print coat. She buys a movie ticket and heads inside. On the screen, a kung fu movie is playing to a near-empty theater. Bama moves through the aisles and but spills her large popcorn all over Clarence. She apologizes. He says, it's no big deal. And then she asks him to catch her up on the movie's plot. He obliges. Offers her some goobers. And offers him some goobers. Goobers are good. Um, after it's a quality the quality um, movie candy. After the movie, um, outside the theater, she's play attacking Clarence with bad kung fu moves, and um, Alabama suggests that they go get some pie and talk about the film. Clarence is down. No, because who isn't down for pie? Yeah. You ever said somebody won't get some pie and they're like, hell no, I don't want no damn pie. <laughs> <laughs> no, because everybody likes pie. 
at the diner. <clears throat> no, no. Me, Didn't oh we do my. that movie? We did. Yes, we did. Michael. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, 70 episodes. Well, this is 71. We're just, I'm forgetting Sing your them song now. about pie. There was one I wish I could forget. Nine. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> at the diner, Clarence is going on about Elvis, and uh, Alabama is, isn't really paying attention. Uh, so she, so he stops, and he asks her questions about herself. What's her favorite color? Her turn-ons, her turn-offs, stuff like that. She answers. Which, people don't say that anymore. No. What's your turn-ons? What's your turn-offs? Well, the other thing is they should bring that back. <laughs> this movie was written in in the eighties. It was actually written in like eighty-eight. So Still. some of it, you when you watch it, you're like, yeah, this is. That's not. an important question. I feel like they should bring it back. See, if you thought the last movie reviewed was a timepiece, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> well, nowadays people, you know, do all that online, so it's all filled out for you. Yeah, you're. <laughs> you already know that when you meet them. When you swipe left or right. I don't remember which one it is. Like goes to Kung Fu Marathons? Mm, swipe. Swipe left. <laughs> is that bad? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I can't think of... It would be hard to watch three movies in a row of anything in a theater. It would have to be a pretty comfortable-ass theater. They had... Um, when this new Infinity Wars came out, they did all of the Marvel yeah. movies like back to back to back to back. If it was free, I couldn't sit through that. I was like, there's no way. No. I love Marvel movies. I'm not yeah. watching them all consecutively in a fucking theater. If you let me pick which three... If you, might, yeah, if I could pick three, sit. I could do three. If I could come and go. If they have one of those recliner games. Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck that. You take a nap. Yeah, I could do three, but not 12. No. I, I couldn't pick three. <laughs> couldn't I pick could. three Marvel movies that you like? But, like, if I could only Ant pick Man, three. Ant-Man, Ant-Man, Ant-Man. <laughs> I mean, obviously Ant-Man. It's my favorite. But if I, like, it's hard because the rankings constantly change. Mm-hmm. Could we hurry this up? i got to watch Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Alabama answers as best as she can, but hesitates on the question of whether or not she has a boyfriend. Ask me that later, she says. She's like, no, ask me that later. And then she's she ad- flirting with him. Yeah, she then is. she admits she dumped the popcorn on him on purpose. From here we go to Clarence's workplace. He works at a comic book store. Here is for no, sale. Hold up, Elaine's got a thing about that. You see the finger? She she's says, waving the finger. So, Clarence, where to next? And he takes her to a comic book store. Mm. She wanted to go to a bed. <laughs> she was DTF, and he takes her to work. I'm well, sorry, he's DTF? Not good with women. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know. DTF, Carly and DTF? Down to fuck. Uh huh. Oh. <laughs> down to fraternize. Same oh, I difference. I thought it was don't take phonies. <laughs> don't trust freckles. <laughs> That's not very nice. Why would you discriminate against, discriminate against people with freckles? I didn't say, You said it. I'm covered in them. <laughs> oh. That, I don't know why Elaine would say that. I mean, don't trust movie pics from someone in freckles who was oh. on this podcast. Wow. But. Wow. <laughs> see. Which could also be John because he has some freckles too. <laughs> yeah, see, I can say that because I have you. freckles. I, I, this knife I have a bag? couple, not that many. <laughs> freckles right. are cool. I have freckles. Okay, back so to anyway, this movie. Anyway, takes her to Heroes Freckle for... Freak. Heroes for sale. It's after hours, and he gives her a tour. Alabama's mildly amused. Clarence shows her a few of his favorite issues of comic books. She said, do you want to see a Spider-Man number one? Breaks them down for him. I would what do you think that's Spider-Man worth? number one, though. Yeah, but he's just holding it like he doesn't have well, to worry about it. that was Spider-Man one. Okay. That was a... I was like, oh, oh, he's not even wearing gloves. Aw, <laughs> yeah. Carly, your nerd is showing. Tuck it back in. Your nerd is That's Elaine's new thing. It is my new thing. She seems to be moved by his passion for this stuff. She then starts uh, making the sideways mambo eyes at him. And we cut to a love scene between them. And I believe we're at his apartment. 
I guess. Uh, yes. yes. So, nipple placement, what'd you think? Not quite as good as the girl from Friday the 13th. Yeah. It was hard what to it? tell because we got a weird angle. But I will say, she does have nice boobs. <laughs> I'm, it's been a while since we got to talk about boobs. And, it's uh, time for tip yeah. And it was a pretty good sex scene. They both looked like they were enjoying it very well, which sometimes the sex scenes in movies we watch are terrible. Yeah, weird and awkward and that spur. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Carly will never get over that. What's with the spur? <laughs> it's sensual. So no, no spurs for Carly. That freaked I out. still maintain he was injured. He was not having that kind of sex. <laughs> he had, had a lot of painkillers. Look, he, he's, his name is The, okay? I'm still not sure how they ended up like, uh, never mind. <laughs> You're not sure what we're talking about, friends. Go back really and listen to our Desperado intricate. episode. It just looked really interesting. And after you're done with that, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so afterwards, uh, Bama goes outside to smoke. Um, he has basically a large billboard area outside, and she sits in front of it, smokes, cries. cries. She could smoke in the house. She went outside because she was crying. Right. They were all smoking in everywhere they were. Smoking so. and joking. It's 93. Yeah. Clarence comes out and uh, checks on her, asks if he did anything because she's, you know, tearing up. She explains, no, she's a call girl. Clarence's boss hired her for him because it's his birthday. So you're a whore? No! <laughs> I'm a call girl. They're not the same. It's a difference. Alabama expects him to be angry, but he says, no, he's not mad. It was the best night he's ever had. Physically? Al- no. He's, he, she says physically. Yeah. And he says... No, the whole night. In all the ways. Alabama explains that she is conflicted because she says she's in love with him. And she loves him. That would freak me out. Mm-hmm. He's a little upset and leery about that, but he says, fuck it. He loves her, too. Well, she's only been a call girl for four days, and he's only her third client. <laughs> so, and they, I guess the they first did day, meet 12 hours ago. Well, you know, you have ish. to have your... <laughs> I was going to say, first day's orientation. Right, or, like yeah. Day the twos. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so, from there, <clears throat> we do what all intelligent 20-somethings do. We get married and get matching tattoos with the other's name. Yay. <laughs> yeah, matching tattoos is horrible. I, when we that. I was like, what? Not they got married? married? I know. When they said they loved each other and they just met that day, I was like, oh. And then we cut to them leaving the Justice of the Peace, and I was like, whoa! <laughs> and we go to the tattoo shop. Like you do. I would never get it. While they're getting tattoos, Clarence asks about Bama's But our hint. tattoos don't match anymore. I know, but we also got married when we were 20, and... Got matching tattoos, so we're just the same day. No, oh. our tattoos we got on the same day, but we didn't. Did you got married? married? No, no. Oh, we got those months before. Um, <laughs> Am I missing? We also married just to the peace. That's true. Seventeen years. But Suck it. John has never murdered a pimp, to my knowledge. So no. I'm just putting it out there. I don't want to ask him. That's not our business. I mean, granted, he wouldn't tell me because. Because if I kill someone, you're not the person to go to. That's true. <laughs> that is true. She we'll talk more about out. that later. I'll call Tony. <laughs> Tony, you got some lie? Yep, coming over. I'm I, got, bags. I got my shovel. You just put them in the back with the rest of them. I mean, I mean <laughs> is there okay. any, any blood left in them? Oh, whoa. So while they're getting tattoos, Clarence asks about Alabama's pimp, Drexel. Well, um, she keeps saying, if you told me to go back to Drexel, and yeah. he's like, what's Drexel? Like, I thought maybe it was where she was from. <laughs> no, see, no, I don't remember. I might have done that, too, back mm-hmm. in 93. 
three or four. Actually, no, I saw Pulp Fiction first and then this. So it had to be like 94, 95. <laughs> I might have thought that too, but not now. <laughs> well, apparently, and I hope you're ready for this, Drexel is one of those mean, abusive pimps. No. Yeah. No. No. Pimps are always nice. Clarence isn't liking what <laughs> like he's Gator. about him. Gator's bitches better wearing jimmies. <laughs> From there, we flash to a drug deal already in progress. It's Drexel, Gary Oldman, and his larger buddy, Marty. Who is from Coming to America. Yeah. <laughs> They're buying some Coke from Samuel motherfucking Jackson and Tintin from The Crow. And They're, they both died. But yeah. <laughs> They're discussing the pros and cons of performing cunnilingus on their female partners. Ooh. Tintin gets mad, so Drexel kills him. And kills Mace Windu with a shotgun. I was sure that I knew this guy. And I was like, I thought he was the guy from PCU. He's not the guy from PCU. Yeah, he's, I love it. She's like, is this the guy from PCU? No, I'm going to check. I just said no. <laughs> he's Lord Nikon from Hackers. Oh, wow. And he I was like, sweet. Well, we cut to Clarence's apartment. He and Bama are watching kung fu movies. I think it's Hard Boiled, I think is the movie. Uh, I have no idea. Bama is enjoying enjoying it, but Clarence is zoning out. She acts like she's never seen TV before this whole movie. <laughs> she does. Like, there's one point where she's super excited that there's cable. Yep. It was like Lilo Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you, she just discovering the world for the first time. <laughs> Lilo she, Dallas multipass. She canceled that multipass. She's a one-woman man now. That's right. There was a... <laughs> <laughs> so Bama's uh, enjoying, enjoying the... Thank uh, you for that. <laughs> thing, but Clarence is zoning out. He's stewing. His mind is stuck on Drexel mistreating Alabama. He gets up to take a leak. While pissing, Elvis, Val Kilmer, comes to him and, dis and discusses Drexel. Um, I mentioned Clarence is crazy, right? <laughs> this is the part where I wrote, Clarence is mentally ill. <laughs> All caps. So Elvis says to kill, uh, kill him, kill, kill Drexel. Clarence is worried about going to jail for the murder. Elvis explains that cops don't care about drug dealers and pimps getting killed. So as long as you're not standing there holding a smoking gun, you'll be fine. And really, isn't that what life's all about? Killing drug dealers and yeah. pimps? I just feel like there was no evidence yet to kill this guy. Drexel? Yes. Okay, so, yes, she was a call girl. Yes, he was her pimp. But he didn't, like, try to come get her back. Nope. She didn't have no, physical bruises she, on her. But she's, he, he beat up her friend. But we don't know if that's just something she's saying. There's not enough evidence to go murdering pimps in this movie. And she's like, let's just leave, and we don't ever have to worry about him again. Like, if they just yeah. disappeared... He never would have come after that. <laughs> no, but then we wouldn't have had a movie. Well, <laughs> we need this to meet Drexel, because if we don't meet Drexel, there really isn't a movie. And we can't talk about Gary Oldman's wig. And when, you're, when your imaginary celebrity psychosis tells you to do something, you do it. Right. That's he ends like it by saying, Clarence, I always liked you. Always will. So after the pep talk, Clarence gets a revolver, puts it in his ankle sock. It was funny. I hate to interrupt you there, but I have one of those celebrity things. <laughs> Who's who, who celebrity do you talk to when you take a leak? I'm going to break it down for you. Okay. It's Groot. Groot? But I don't speak Groot. Oh, shit. I don't, I don't speak Groot, so That's the problem is that he keeps saying, I am Groot. <laughs> I'm like, all right, man. No? That's an elective on uh, <laughs> Asgard, though. Yeah, it is an elective. I don't live in Asgard. All right, so he puts the gun in his sock. You got gets, nothing? Gets, no, I have something, but I just don't. I'm trying to let it go. Gets the address from Alabama and goes over. Alabama tries to get him to reconsider, but he's already set on going. He drives well, his purple Cadillac over and knocks on the door. 
It should be pink. Yeah. Huge uh, purple dude answers. It's Marty. Did you just say huge purple dude answers? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, huge black dude answers. Because <laughs> wow. I'm sure you said purple dude. And I, I was I like, Grimace? I don't see color. So, oh, please. So. What's funny is that uh, he announces Clarence and he goes, She's your queen. No, that's not this. She's your lady. No, it's from I know, Coming from, to America. <laughs> but he does say she's your lady. But and, She's your queen to be. Mm-hmm. Clarence explains that he needs to talk to Drexel about Alabama. Now... Um, now this is one of my favorite scenes in movies and it's very dialogue heavy and this isn't an audio drama so I'm not gonna oh, go into every Come on. line but um well, you hungry? yeah if I told you to sit down and have some egg rolls you did <laughs> so um Marty leads Clarence to Drexel I what is this is this an apartment? No, it's like a It's club. like a bar? I don't yeah. know. It seems it's, like a club. It looks like an apartment but on the outside, but it's some kind of bar or something because there's a pool table. and. I think it's an apartment where perhaps he rents out some of his ladies. It's called a bowdy place. A body house? Yeah, that too. Mm. Maybe it's a flop house. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that a podcast? Yes. I think so. Oh, well, they don't plug us, so we're not plugging them. All right, so uh, Clarence gets to Drexel. Uh... Drexel's in his boxers. He has a, uh, also a leopard print jacket on, a Kangol hat, and dreadlocks. Uh, BT dubs, it's Gary Oldman. He's a very white British man. <laughs> so I'm going to have to take a moment to talk about this wig. Okay. Because you know I always notice wigs. Well, yeah. And this well, one this is... is terrible. <laughs> and um, also, I don't enjoy his grill. You know, what's funny about this is I read in the trivia, Tony Scott met with Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman had not read the script in it. And he's like, I didn't read the script yet. And he's like, well, you're a, bl- you're a white guy who thinks he's black and a pimp. And that was it for uh, Gary Oldman. He's like, all right, I'm in. And he said in the actor's studio, this is his favorite character he's ever played. And he's played everybody. So Now, the look was awful, but it was intentional. <laughs> yeah. really oh, but it's still weird. But I have a problem because it's Gary Oldman and he still looks like Gary Oldman. In a bad wig with, like, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. It was and, really And in bothered. your mind, you're like, I love you too much. <laughs> <coughs> no. Except he has Cable's eye. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bionic. But. Um, his face is heavily scarred. His eyes cloudy. Um, he's eating Chinese food. He asked Clarence to join him. We got everything here from a diddle do Joe to a damned if I know. <laughs> Clarence declines. Uh, they verbally spar a little bit, sizing each other up. Drexel uses the word breasticus. Breasticus. <laughs> Clarence basically says, look, ba- Alabama's with me, not you. Fuck off. Drex- Drexel acts cool about it, but then throws his food at Clarence oh, and starts beating the shit out of him. You skipped a good part where he's like, see, this is payoff money. And this, I'm not going to give you a cent more than this. This is what it's worth. He gives him a, hands him an envelope. An empty envelope. And Drexel opens and goes, it's empty. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucking Charlie Brown. (laughs) I can't believe you didn't mention that. Come on. If there's any scene in the movie you need to do all of, it's this one. (laughs) So, uh, so Clarence starts beating the shit out of, um, or Drexel starts beating the shit out of Clarence. Marty's holding him from behind uh, and they all kind of go down. Uh, Clarence headbutts Marty, smashing his nose, and gets away from him. Uh, and gets Clarence gets a few good hits on Drexel, but Drexel still throws him back down and starts beating him up again. Um, Clarence is on the ground recovering. 
when Drexel muses, uh, shit, he must have thought it was White Boy Day. And then he looks over to Marty and checks, it ain't White Boy Day, is it? <laughs> Marty says, nah, man, it ain't White Boy Day. Look at him and go, no. <laughs> this reminded me of the young black teenagers. Remember the young black teenagers? Hmm. There were four white kids from Long Island who said they were black. Well, they said colors of state of mind, and they were the whitest motherfuckers on the planet. <laughs> the name of their band was the Young Black Teenagers. Really? Yeah. Wow. For real? There is a gentleman in that band. Gentlemen, I'm using it loosely. He's got dreads. <laughs> who looks like looked Gary. exactly like Gary Oldman's character. And I was nice. like, and it, which... It was right around this time, too. Like, which, colors of state of mind. You know, like, John pulled up the photo for so me. You're so white. And I was like, funny. oh, my God. <laughs> I like the guy in Zoolander that dresses up like Gary Oldman's character. It's really yeah. funny. Well, Drexel leans down and um, pulls Clarence's wallet out, opens it up, and grabs his driver's license. He tells Marty, he tells Marty to go get Alabama and bring her back here, while he taunts Clarence some more. After a few minutes, Drexel stands up to talk to Marty and uh, takes his eyes off of Clarence for a second. Clarence uses his time, pulls out his revolver, and shoots Drexel in the dick. And John, ding right, ding. right in the tallywhacker. Right in the ding ding. Um, then he puts a few rounds in Marty. And uh, tells the surrounding call girls to load up the suitcases. With, with Bama's stuff. Yeah, he wants Alabama's things. He then returns to Drexel and uh, shoots him twice in the face. Grabs a suitcase and run, rolls out. But not his fucking driver's license. You loser, you didn't pick up your driver's license. <laughs> I expected Look, him to be arrested at any minute for not picking up his driver's license. When you have your first murder-death kill, <laughs> things, your brain goes a little haywire. Like a good friend of mine told me once, he said, my Elvis first one I threw up. Him. I threw up on the first one. Elvis told him as long as he wasn't standing there with a smoking gun in his hand. That's practically standing there with a smoking gun as your gun in your hand. Because smoking there's, gum, huh? there's no the reason his driver's license should be in a pimp's apartment. That's true. Well, he stumbles back into his own apartment, and he's brought hamburgers. And he eats them, and uh, Alabama starts crying. Clarence gets furious, thinking that Alabama's crying over Drexel's death. But she explains that's not it. It's that he did all this for her. It's the most romantic thing anybody's ever done for me. Exactly. It's too blade. Wow, that accent sounded damn on point. <laughs> Way to and go, And I'm Kristen. like, there's nothing romantic about this at all. <laughs> they make out for a bit, and he gives her the suitcase, and she opens it. Inside is Marcellus Wallace Soul. No. Oh, yeah, wrong no? suitcase. Oh, my bad. It's wrong movie. It's half a million dollars that, that, cocaine. That's movie. Cocaine. Whoops. It's that booger sugar. Mm. And it's the same booger sugar that Gary Oldman killed poor Sam Jackson for. Yeah. In Tintin. Yeah. But I was like, I feel like, and this is just me being weird. Okay. I feel like Bolo or whatever is going to go Blue or whatever his name is. The bad guy. Blue Boyle? He's not Bolo. That's different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that was a different movie. He's a very large uh, Chinese man from Men of the Dragon. He's going to go to some serious movie to get this cocaine bag. That he didn't pay for. Like, where are Samuel L. Jackson's uh, bosses? <laughs> well, they're not as big as Blue Lou Boyle. But they are the ones that had half a million dollars worth of cocaine. Well, you know <laughs> Maybe that's something that Drexel should have worried about, but he's dead. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm just curious. So from here we cut to, <laughs> we cut to Dennis Hopper. He's getting off his shift as a security guard. He has his Rottweiler Rommel. He's so cute. Mm-hmm. When he gets home, Clarence and Alabama are there. Hopper's, I'm just going to call him Hopper. I don't know his name. Hopper's Dad. Kind of, <laughs> Hopper's kind of blindsided by this visit because he hasn't seen Clarence in three years. He introduces himself to Alabama, and she says, well, hello, I'm his wife. His day, uh, 
he's trying to take all this in. Um, Clarence needs, but Clarence needs to talk to his dad alone, so he sends Alabama to get some food and drinks and stuff from the store. Some beers. Clarence explains what happens to uh, Hopper off screen, and uh, we can tell it by Hopper's reaction, he's just bewildered by all this. It's just too much for him to take at one time. It is a lot. Clarence explains that, um, you know, his dad used to be a cop, so he can go use his contacts to find out if he's a suspect in this murder or what, or with Drexel or what their theory is or what's going on. Should he be worried? Hopper's reluctant to hold it to uh, help him. Clarence pulls the bad dad card on him, so he does. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Would you cover for your kid? John and I had a discussion. Lane does not cover up for murders. <laughs> so, and that's when we realized, you know, when you, hear, you see all those things about best friends and your family, and I'd bury, help you bury a bottle, body. Don't call me; I will narc you out. <laughs> that's my wife. I, so you're going to prison? Well, yeah. Well, you can't buy food now. Don't put me in that situation, because I am not on your side in moral dilemmas. Well, I keep this I'm in mind. If I go to jail, you get no food. That would say I was down for it but then would be like all nervous all the time and like we're gonna get caught and somebody's you know like I would be that person and I would probably end up narking you out (laughs) Tony I kill people all the time not because it was intentional so we cut to a young guy Richie I don't know (laughs) who's at an audition I'm gonna be right back I need to call in a tip to the help (laughs) yeah you can call it he kills people I need to call crime stoppers Crime right. Stoppers. Anonymous tip. Right, where are the dead stoppers. bodies? Who are the dead Call bodies? Robert Stack. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, then. We go to Richie. Uh, he's trying to get a bit part on the T.J. Hooker remake. Oh, Dick Richie. And we follow him through his audition. Scene really doesn't really go anywhere. Oh, uh, we and come... he's really bad. <laughs> well, it's a really bit part. He's got one line, so I don't know how much they really need. They probably just need the way he looks. Um, we cut back to Hopper, Clarence in Alabama. Hopper says his contacts have told him that the theory is it's just some bad drug deal gone wrong. Drexel worked for Blue Lou Boyle, who's a badass dude, but as long as Clarenson doesn't roll in that circle, he doesn't really have anything to worry about. After he leaves town, he wouldn't give it a second thought. He's like, the more I find out about this guy, the more I think he did the right thing. Yeah. Because he's a pimp. Yeah. His dad tells him he loves him, and uh, Clarence gives Hopper the address to his friend Richie's house, which is where he's headed. And then there's a weird goodbye kiss from Alabama. Mm-hmm. She's um, right. She tastes like a peach. Yeah, that was a little weird. That was creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially. What if she uh, kissed Mr. White goodbye when she, you know, when they part away? I don't know, because usually peaches is a metaphor for vagina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like extra creepy. Yeah, like um, Castor Troy. Mm-hmm. Which is her husband. For a while. For a while. Then he left her for. I am Elvis's daughter. Elvis's daughter. There you go. Now he bought a castle and can't pay his taxes and makes weird movies. I don't know. (laughs) He was going to be Superman at one point. Mm -hmm. Fucking weird guy. That would have been weird. Yeah. On the road, road, uh, Clarence calls Richie from a payphone. They chat for a bit. They're coming to stay with him for a little bit. Or near him. I like how he he calls him. He's like, hello, babe. Little Chantilly Lace. This upset me, this whole scene. With the oh, but I love that song. No, <laughs> because they're on the phone, and so he's, he answers the phone on the toilet, which like just, so if you're on the toilet, don't answer the phone. And it's sitting there on the floor like he does this all the time. Yeah. Well, I think it's because he doesn't want to miss a call back. 
which makes sense. Yeah. But don't answer the phone if you're on the toilet. Second of all, then Alabama and Clarence start doing it in the thing, they're, they're and they're it, still doing it and doing it well. And which he's dropping though. a deuce, and he and they're like, I'm just very upset. Oh, I think it's worse to have coitus on the phone. Then that's just than, rude. Then dumping. Then I answer the phone in the toilet all the time. Like when I talk to you, usually. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> Text. <laughs> he will answer. <laughs> Hello. Did you say that your phone is so covered in poop germs? Not mine personally. Everybody's. Oh, grab that phone from real quick. <laughs> gonna pass. But on. yeah, like Elaine said, this this scene just pretty much ends with Alabama and um, Clarence, Clarence banging in the phone booth, which is kind of weird. People drive by. Yeah. Like you drive by, you see that? Do you look or just? I'm not no, looking. I would probably just keep driving. Yeah, I'd drive by. I did think it was weird that he stood up on the phone book. I was like, he's going to fall off that phone book. (laughs) I don't know. I like that they showed the part where he pulled her underpants down, though. I don't know why, but in a sex scene, I always like that. Like... Yeah, I think it's, it's always a nice detail to see. I don't know why. Because if you don't do that, you, you know. Well, yes, but cinematically, I just enjoy that, and I don't know why. Well, because it's continuity. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's the same when guys will do shit like that. They'll be fu- fucking a girl, and their pants aren't off. And you're like, how's that work? I'm not getting this quite, but <laughs> you screwing through a zipper? <laughs> I'm a tough dude. <laughs> I'd be worried about the zipper. Yeah. I'd be worried the about Frank's, the zipper. Frank's yeah. stuck above the beans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we cut back to Hopper. Nice. Nah, call back to something about Mary. We're never doing that on the podcast. No, no I don't like that movie. I don't either. So appreciated. <laughs> um, Over appreciated. Is that hair gel? Oh. Uh, gross. Hopper's getting back from somewhere. Uh, Rommel, work again, I, I think. thought it was work. Probably. Yeah. Rommel runs off um, chasing another dog. And Hopper goes into his trailer. As soon as he enters, a uh, gun put to his head and somebody punches him in the face. Don Vincenzo. When he uh, comes to or whatever, he's in a chair. And Christopher Walken's sitting across from him. And he's surrounded by Italian gentlemen. Now, do we know they're all Italian? Really? I think so. Are we going to stereotype? Yeah. God. James Gandolfini is one of them. Yes, he is. Walken explains that he is Vincent Calcone, an associate of Blue Lou Boyle. Walker says that essentially Clarence killed Drexel and stole a shitload of their cocaine. This is another one of my favorite scenes. Again, I'm not going to go crazy into it. Uh, Walken is serious but somewhat polite. Hopper tells him he doesn't know where Clarence is. Walken punches him in the face, right in the nose, and explains. Uh, right in the kisser. Then he explains the whole interrogation is just going to get worse from there. And he also exp- <clears throat> explains that they talked to the neighbors and they saw. Clarence's purple Cadillac, so... Uh, so we know you talked to So him. if you're going to steal half a million dollars worth of Boga Sugar, don't drive away in a purple they Cadillac. Yeah, get like a, a black Civic or something. Go with a black Civic, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. The reason they're looking for Clarence is because they found his driver's license on the scene of the crime, yeah. Yeah. which I was like, well... At least the police aren't after him because I've been certain that the yeah. police. This is the yeah. I, I assume like, somebody. Ha, ha, you dumb bastard. One of their guys <laughs> got there before the cops. Is kind of what I assumed. Um, he he tells. Or the ladies called him maybe because he, he didn't kill the lady. He tells Hopper that uh, Alabama found out when they were going to do a drug deal, and him and Cl- her and Clarence went in there and executed everybody and went on a killing spree. The only reason, like Elaine said, the only reason they know it was him is because they found his driver's license in Marty's hand. Hopper tells Walken his side of the story, ending with Clarence basically just left and he doesn't know where they went. Walken studies Hopper's face for a minute 
and then signals Gandolfini. Gandolfini slashes Hopper's hand and pours, I assume, whiskey or something like that on it. Hopper screams. Uh, Walken explains that he's a human lie detector. He learned from a Sicilian father, and at that point, Hopper gets the picture. He's He knows he's pretty much done. Because Sicilians are the best liars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I asked Elaine if that's true. She said she doesn't... What did you say? I said, I don't know. <laughs> Which bells well for me. <laughs> but they did say that there's 17 tells for a man and 20 for a woman. Right. Which was interesting. No, wait, well, there's... Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay, Sicilian husband. <laughs> he said he learned from his Sicilian father. And uh, at this point, Hopper knows he's done. He asks Walken for a cigar and uh, has, has a la his last little chat with him. Hopper explains that he's a big fan of history and that he, a long time ago, Sicilians were more blonde hair and blue eyes, but then the Moors came along and conquered Sicily and through sex and rape, etc., uh, changed the Sicilians' bloodline, making them dark skin and, and uh, dark hair. He's assuming that walking, walking doesn't follow history closely and that he probably would be racist. <laughs> Mm -hmm. His gamble works, and so instead of being slowly tortured to death by Walken, Walken gets so mad, he personally kills him. Well, he called him the N-word most of the time. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of slurs this in this is that I'm not repeating. when John tells me that this movie was written by Quentin Tarantino. And you're and like, I'm like, yeah. Oh, exactly, because <laughs> Quentin Tarantino loves to be super racist. And misogynist. And, well, he evidently doesn't like Italian fellas. And people think he's artsy, but really he's just spewing out all his hatred on... Scripts. Why does he hate Italians? I don't know, but he he said he heard he said he heard this from uh, somebody. You know, uh -huh. Well, it's true from <laughs> that imaginary <laughs> character that talks to him when he pees. <laughs> well, it's true. For a long time, Sicily was part of Africa, so yeah. I know. Depending on you know, it's that gray area. Are they black or not black? Yeah, they're I Arab, said, sort of. They're right. definitely. I say, Medi I say Mediterranean of the uh, Northern African descent. They're definitely part Mediterranean, part African. Yeah, I don't deny that. Before they leave. But when I check, that's why I always check other. But, but, <laughs> but just because you're part African doesn't make you black. No, I check other. I write in human. Race. Okay. Human. All right, X-Force. Before they leave, one of Walken's uh, people finds a piece of paper on the fridge, and this has Richie's address on it, where Clarence was going. It says Clarence in Hollywood or something. Yeah. Um, like, you dumb bastard. They're <laughs> pretty good at finding all the clues, though. Well, they're Sicilian. But I noticed that they didn't find it before they he got home. <laughs> well, they probably weren't looking at it. And I'm concerned about the dog. So, <laughs> I'm yeah. also concerned about the puppy. We cut to Richie's house. Uh, Floyd uh, sitting on his couch. Um, that's uh, played by Brad Pitt. Now, quick before I forget, i got to drop this, because okay. I've been holding this since I saw it. Okay. So we all know that Lee Donowitz mm -hmm. is the grandson of who? The Bear Jew? The Bear Jew. Is Floyd the grandson of Aldo the Apache? Ooh. Very possible. Why? Because it's played by, played Brad, by Pitt. Brad Pitt. No. Oh, maybe. I don't it's know what you're talking about. Right? <laughs> <Or at least, laughs> I mean, Glorious Bastards. Brad Pitt plays Aldo the Apache. In this, in, in that same movie, uh, Donnie Donowitz is the Bear Jew. His grandson is Lee Donowitz in this movie. The director. The director. So is Floyd the grandson of Aldo the Apache? Why don't you tweet it at Quentin Tarantino? We're not friends on Twitter. 
You can it tweet at a celebrity even without being friends. <laughs> we had a falling out after Kill Bill. Said some racially charged. You could use the podcast account to tweet it at. You could use the podcast account to tweet at him. I should because that it's a think piece. Do yeah. it. We'll do it when the episode posts. All right, we'll do that. <clears throat> There's a banging at the door. Uh, Richie answers it, and it's Alabama and Clarence. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all hang out for a little bit, catch up for a minute. Uh, Richie tells them about the T.J. Hooker audition, and uh, then they go to Clarence and the hotel that uh, Clarence and Alabama are staying at. Clarence shows Richie the coke. Richie says um, that he needs basically needs to help him sell it to uh, some Hollywood bigwig. Uh, they argue a bit until Richie finally gives in. He says he knows one guy that might be able to help. Bronson Pinchot. Supposedly worth about $500,000, so he wants to sell it for 250000 to try and... 200000 200000 oh, just 200000 200000 right. So they decide to meet Richie's friend at the roller coaster park. His name's Elliot. It's uh, Bronson Pinchot. Who, I'm sorry, sounds funny without his, uh, his opposing accent. Because <laughs> he had the same accent in... Um, Oh shit, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh yeah, same accent. So when you see he him in that, he also did it in the First Wife Club as well. Okay, oh, well yeah, that's I don't remember true. that movie, that but movie. sure. <laughs> but that's his accent that he always uses. So when he doesn't have the accent, he just it just sounds like he's faking. <laughs> to me, I'm like, wow, he's he's faking his accent, and that's he's his actual good. yeah. He does a good American accent. That sounds so Bronson. Yes, that that Maposian accent just doesn't come through. So we meet Elliot. He's a bit of a skittish person. He's uh, Clarence tells Elliot. A BS story about a friend of his being a crooked cop that swiped some cocaine in a drug bust and he's trying to help him out. Um, they go on the roller coasters for a bit. Uh, Elliot throws up on himself. But um, Elliot explains he works for Lee Donowitz. Lee Donowitz is a big time uh, movie director, uh, so that's who the deal is going to be with ultimately. Elliot throws up again and then uh, calls Donowitz on his car phone. Donowitz which which is, dates the movie. Yeah, Donowitz is very livid that he's getting a drug deal call on his cell phone, but Clarence jumps on the phone and switches it all up conversation-wise with code words. Instead of Coke, he says that he's trying to open Dr. Zhivago, which goes which, back. Which I Elaine was so excited about, ooh, like, Dr. Dr. Zhivago! <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. If you want to hear more about Dr. Zhivago, go listen to our episode on Must Love Dogs. Hmm. There wasn't that much discussion about it, but it comes up. It does come up. You know what? And you should find out where. I think it's in the middle. Yeah. But listen to the end because that's a quality episode. <laughs> um, Donowitz explains that he's not a big fan of all this risk. He's got a few people he deals with. But Clarence Smooth talks him and they set up a meet and greet. Elliot explains the, the meetup and that Elliot explains how the meetup's going to work and that Donovan's will want a sample bag. Clarence says, no problem. Then we cut to Gandolfini. He goes to Richie's house and questions Floyd. Floyd is high as shit, as always, and tells Gandolfini which hotel Clarence and Alabama are staying sort at. Sort of. Safari Motel yeah. in in Motel. <laughs> Where is that? She goes. <laughs> Clarence drops off Alabama at the hotel, and then he runs to go grab some hamburgers and hot dogs or something. Uh, Bama goes inside, and Gandolfini's in the room with a shotgun in his lap. Alabama tries to lie to him, and uh, Gandalfini punches her in the face. Like, full out. Clocks her. Man punches her. He's a big dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gandalfini continues to question and beat Alabama, but she will not give up Clarence. She's a trooper. Yeah. She's uh, beat. Elaine, would you give up someone if they were beating you up like that? She would. 
You wouldn't? No, I'd give you up to the cops. I'm not going to give you up to the mob. <laughs> she has standards. It's a criminal. I appreciate that. <laughs> Would you die? I'd also, if I opened my motel room door and I saw a guy I didn't know in a chair with a shotgun, I'd take one step back and shut that fucking door. <laughs> Excuse That's me. <laughs> I'd be like, wrong room, motherfucker. She, and get the hell she out does of Dodge. walk in there like this is totally normal. <laughs> she tried to bullshit her way through that. I'm not bullshitting my way through that situation. Run. That I'm gonna run. Run to a public place. Run. Yeah. And be tactical about it. I'm gonna zig. I'm gonna zag. Yeah, don't, don't I'm gonna hold. jump over the railing. I don't know. I'm gonna Elaine's going to be all of a sudden a parkour expert. He's winning a foot race is to be willing to do something that the other person won't do. Oh, that's a great bit of knowledge. Where'd you get that from? Michael Weston. The coolest man on TV ever. Mm. I don't see Gandolfini being able to chase her very far. No. no. I don't think she was wearing practical shoes, but that does not matter. You know, in a pinch. Off. I will get I will, <laughs> I will work it. That place so, had a pool. So Alabama... Is uh, continually beaten, and this is kind of cut back and forth with scenes of Clarence buying some fast food. And just taking a sweet-ass time about it, too. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe she's of the school of it's better to be dead and cool than alive and uncool. <laughs> they should say that in a movie. <laughs> While monologuing about being a hitman, Gandolfini notices a briefcase under the bed. And Bama sees a corkscrew near her. So he, he laughs and goes under the bed, grabs the cocaine. Because he's all like, is it under the bed? I can't believe I didn't check under the fucking bed. Did you hide under the fucking bed? Holy shit, you hid it under the bed. I didn't even look under the bed. While he's doing that, she grabs a corkscrew. And then he says, okay, well, this is it. And he uh, puts his shotgun up to her to shoot her. And she holds the corkscrew up defensively. He is moved by this and opens his shirt. Says he'll give her one shot because he likes it. wasn't a shotgun. He had a handgun. Oh, was it? It was like a forty-five. He put put the shotgun down. Oh, okay. Uh, But she uh, rears back and stabs the corkscrew through his foot. He screams, and she smashes an Elvis bust over his head. Which was wrong. Uh, he stands up, and he's pissed. He throws her around the bathroom. She splashes some shampoo in his face, temporarily blinding him. And then she smashes a toilet bowl cover on his head and uses the old lighter hairspray combo from, uh, what, Monster Squad, I think that is? Uh, yeah, that and Buffy the Vampire yeah, Slayer. She, uh... Don't they do that in arachnophobia, too? No, he uses a flamethrower. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rock and roll! Sorry. Um, he's on fire he falls to the ground screaming Alabama grabs the shotgun and empties it into his chest and then beats him with the empty shotgun and Clarence finally shows up justifiable homicide I gotta say (laughs) I'm pretty sure the cops are gonna let her go on that one be like so let me get this straight he was gonna kill you so you killed him yeah alright we're done he outweighs you by at least 100 pounds like he looks like he beat you pretty (coughs) bad and was about to shoot you so alright we're done here yeah Go see the psychiatrist to the left. Yeah. She's probably going to, you know, have some issues. Like, well, I would PTSD. Throw... <laughs> well, the most you know, romantic thing that somebody... somebody throw up. Hey, the most romantic thing somebody ever did for her was murder somebody. So she's already got some issues. <laughs> she also, yeah, okay. That's good. That, that checks out. So Clarence and Alabama run to his caddy and haul ass. Meanwhile, Elliot and his lady friend are doing some coke. But they make sure to grab the drugs. Yeah, they ain't no fools. Hmm. Elliot and his lady friend are doing some coke and joyriding in a white Porsche when a cop pulls him over. Do you know who the lady friend is? You know where she's from? She's Audrey from Godzilla. No, she's Audrey from Godzilla. Oh, wow. Yeah. The 1997 version with um, Matthew Broderick. Maybe I should do that movie as my next pick. Ah, shit. I, got, I brought that out in the universe. When I, when I don't feel good, I watch that movie. I don't know why. 
Me neither. <laughs> so the, cop pulls, me. the cop pulls them over, and uh, Elliot tries to hide the Coke bag that he's got, and he wants to do it in his girlfriend's purse, assuming that the cop won't search her. His girlfriend, really? Well, what? I mean, she the was, chick. She was performing fellatio on him, but I'm pretty sure I, it's just I some I assume girl. they know each other. Yeah. He's she like, she, says, the cop's not going to search you, but she refuses. No, she's like, no, you're not putting a fucking... Like Elaine would be like, nope, no drugs, you're going to jail, fucker. She These says drugs no, are bad. they get into a fight, and in the fight, Elliot gets cocaine flung all over him, just as the policeman walks up. And he smiles like, <laughs> yep, <laughs> that just happened. From here, Elliot is, is uh, taken to precinct and interrogated by narcotic detectives Tom Sizemore and Chris Penn. They threaten him, Elliot's terrified... <laughs> And agrees to wear a wire <coughs> and Excuse sells me. out to sell out Donowitz, mm-hmm. Clarence, and everyone else Everybody as long Donowitz. as he doesn't have to go to jail. Yeah, he tells the cops the story about the dirty cop that he got the coke from, too. They get very excited. Yeah. They want to catch this dirty well, cop. Well, when you hear dirty cop, usually, you know, some antennas go up and shit. <laughs> Clarence tells, um, tends to Alabama's wounds, and they muse about jumping on a plane. After all this drug selling is over and get out of America, maybe Cancun. Because she likes the way that it sounds. Clarence, Clarence in Alabama go, go to Cancun. Sounds like a good movie. <laughs> Richie, Clarence, and Alabama all head to meet Donowitz, but before they go, uh, Richie finds out that he got the TJ Hooker part. And they're all excited, but then they head out to the meeting. It's like, that's great. That was one of those stupid, arbitrary things that had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Was like, I was what? like, well, maybe you stay behind. <laughs> I expected it to be like that was all bullshit part of like a setup or something yeah that would be something nothing. nothing we cut to Blue Lou Boyle's crew uh, they're all loading up to the gills and have guns and ammo everywhere it looked like the scene in Deadpool where he's going through getting all the guns yeah. give me all the guns all the gun. I need all of the guns it's like that's too many guns there's two of them yeah I don't know why they need so much hardware. And there was a suitcase full of guns that suitcase must have been fucking heavy yeah all but our wheels. <laughs> so, Elliot's having uh, last-minute jitters about the wire that he's wearing, mm-hmm. and Sizemore and Penn talking. They put it, it in his pants. They put it in his, his balls yeah. <laughs> because they won't check there. Uh, Sizemore and Penn talk him through it, and they check the surveillance equipment, making sure everybody can hear him. And Sizemore says it's no biggie. Uh, they just do the sale, and then he, they'll, all the police will bust in and arrest everybody, and he'll be done. No sweat. Richie asks uh, Alabama about her face on the drive over. She says it was a basketball accident. Once there, Clarence pulls out his revolver, which would have been plausible if she ever looked like if she looked like the kind of girl that maybe played basketball. Yeah, but she's <laughs> always dressed like a hooker. <laughs> Call girl. Okay. It's a difference. It's a difference. I really don't know. <laughs> Clarence pulls out his revolver and stuffs it in the front of his pants. Richie complains, but Clarence blows him off. Better to have a a gun and not need it, and I need a gun and not have it. That's a valid point. Mm-hmm. That's just good advice in general. <laughs> so, Elliot's already there. They get in, uh, get together, and they uh, get on the elevator. Once inside, Clarence stops the elevator and shoves a gun in Elliot's face. Elliot loses his fucking mind. He threatens him to see if Elliot's trying to trick him in some way. Elliot almost gives up and barely squeaks by while he's crying. Clarence lets him go and apologizes. I love how Chris Penn and Tom Sizemore are like, oh, he's fucking dead. He's going to fucking shoot him. Detectives are listening, and they think uh, Clarence is hilarious. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love this fucking guy. (laughs) Back at Richie's, um, 
The mob holds Floyd at gunpoint and asks him where Clarence is. He is, of course, high and tells them, but his directions are vague. Mm-hmm. And he asks them if they want to stay and smoke a bowl. <laughs> they respond with shotgun uncocking. Uh, the gang gets to Donowitz's place, and he has armed security. They pat down Richie and uh, Alabama, but Clarence explains that they don't need to check him. He's armed. Clarence and Boris, this Boris is the guy's name, argue about it as Donowitz comes into the room. Boris explains to Donowitz the situation, and the director is a little impressed that Clarence brought a gun. They exchange some pleasantries. Uh, Clarence is a big fan of the director's work. Eventually, Donowitz asks to see the coke, and at this point, the mob is on their way up. Donowitz talks to Clarence and uh, tries, tries some of the coke. It's good, uh, but Donowitz is still kind of leery. He says, anytime something sounds too good, it's because it's a lie. The detectives are also listening, and they're getting very anxious. Convince me. They need, uh, they need the sale to go down, otherwise it's just possession. That's a lot of possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's probably a felony, I'm yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> Clarence Smooth talks Donowitz, um, and uh, Donowitz laughs and says, okay, the, the deal's going to go down. Elliot's trying to stay... Stay close to them while they talk so that the police can hear hear the conversation. But, you know, as always in movies, the wire messes up a little bit here and there. They give uh, the money to Alabama to count while Clarence takes a piss. In the bathroom, Elvis returns and congratulates Clarence. Outside, the police bust in the door, and they have a standoff with the security guards. And Boris wants to kill the cops. When your bodyguards go rogue, not okay, but also... How insulated is that bathroom? Because he's in there taking his sweet ass piss, talking to Elvis, and the fucking cops you know, burst in. They never say and it's they're Elvis, not, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's a mentor. Yeah, he's built as mentor. But well, they're they having not, they'd have to be they get sued by They're Elvis. shooting at well, each other. And Boris is like, I never told you, but I fucking hate cops. Uh-huh. And like he doesn't hear a damn thing. Nope. We've all been in hotels. You hear what's going on yes. in the room across the hall. Yeah. <laughs> like, this was really suspicious. Okay. Maybe when he's talking to his mentor, he kind of go. zones out. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Makes sense, I guess. Maybe he's wearing so the co- same outfit on the cover of 10,000 Elvis fans can't be wrong. Maybe he's having a seizure. <laughs> or 10 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Who, Who knows? knows? Outside, the mob kicks in the opposite door and draw their guns. Also the opposite door? It's a really large, yeah. This is the Beverly Ambassador Hotel. (laughs) But even big hotel rooms I've been in, that go there. Only quality acts we have in this place. There's not two doors. So you have six cops on one side armed with guns, two security guards in the middle armed with machine guns, and on the other side is the mob with random handguns and shotguns. And Elliot just wants to go home. They all start yelling at each other to give up. Clarence continues to talk with Elvis. He tells him again, always liked you, Clarence. Always will. Outside, everyone's still screaming, and Elliot starts calling out to the cops. I'm done, so can I go now? <laughs> Donowitz uh, picks up on this and is furious and throws ice. It's hot coffee or hot tea? Hot it's, coffee. I want to say it's coffee yeah. because it's they coffee. had coffee earlier because remember there was a scene. Oh, that's right. It was like, you like a little sugar with your coffee? Yeah. He's like, I like so much to make the spoon stand up straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you say that, but that's how I drink her coffee. That's not how I drink my coffee. I do like it sweet, though. <laughs> sweet is an understatement. Hmm. 
Well, Donowitz... She's sweet enough. She doesn't need any coffee. Donowitz... Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Forget it. Donowitz... Donowitz is furious that uh, Elliot's betrayed him. You piece of shit. Throws a pot of coffee on him, and Sizemore shoots him. Yeah, which is what? That's excessive. I don't know. I mean, this was a very tense situation. That's not going to murder. I mean, kill the guy. This was a very tense situation. The first movement really is going to just. Tony and I were talking about. We were surprised nobody started shooting when the mob guys burst. Yeah, when the mob kicked. You're all having a standoff, and then people burst. You know what? It was kind of like this movie. I had a Chinese standoff. Mm -hmm. If you ever seen, you know, a little Big Trouble in China. If you're not sure, watch. Let's do our Big Trouble in China episode. Uh yeah, that's all. That's oh, okay. That's Chinese all. got a lot of hills, Jack. Monster Squad. So <laughs> this leads to uh, the super gunfight. Cops get shot. Mob members get shot. Security guards get shot, and Elliot gets shot. Then Clarence comes out of the bathroom, um, and he gets shot in the head and drops. Alabama crawls over to him. Uh, Richie, Richie actually gets out and runs away. It's good for him. Yeah. Bama sit, sits crying over Clarence. Um, and then at the end, it's two mobs and two cops uh, shooting back and forth. Um, Sizemore and Penn versus uh, the cop haters. Yeah. Or whatever. No. no it's the, uh, Sizemore and, that, and a black dude. I forgot oh, his yeah. name. Yeah. And he gets shot. He's like, I can't believe he fucking shot me. Um, one, uh, one of the mob guys gets out and uh, one shoots a cop. Then the last cop shoots the mob guy. And one of the security guards is still alive. And Chris Penn... Is there, and the guy's like, call me, call me an ambulance. He walks over, because he, he's the one that shot uh, Tom Sizemore. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's like, call me an ambulance. He's like, I'll call you a fucking uh, hearse. hearse. And he's bop, 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 This is for Cody or something. Yeah. And this is where Alabama loses her goddamn mind <laughs> and shoots a cop. Yeah. Well, he is the one that shot Clarence. It I don't know how matter. she saw that. She didn't see shit, because somebody <laughs> shot the fucking cocaine, and there was a cloud of yeah. butter sugar. <laughs> So, no, but she didn't see shit. Okay, well, look, she's sitting in a cloud of booger sugar. She's high as fuck. <laughs> she's like, oh, my God, I see a unicorn and a rainbow. Um, so after Alabama shoots Chris Penn, um, Clarence wakes up. It's just He just I, was nicked across the four, across oh, the eyebrow. Elaine was so sure that he was dead, and I'm sitting there trying not to spoil it. <laughs> no, he got shot in the eye. I was like, though, oh my God, like, yeah, he got yeah, shot in the eye. Yeah, because he's wearing the patch. It wasn't just a graze. He got shot. Well, yeah. they, he, gets, he gets shot, and the blood goes in the eye or whatever. But, but yeah, it looks like he got shot in the eye. Yeah, they grazed him. They say in Walking the epilogue dead. that if it had been two inches to the left, and he's wearing an eye patch, so it must have been bad enough to... Hurt yeah, his eye, sure. but yeah. not bad enough to kill. And in the original script, he does get killed. Which he should have. But as she's sitting over him, weeping, and we see the suitcase, and I'm like, "Get the fuck out of there!" Yeah. <laughs> Go on, get money. Get money. <laughs> so the uh, mob guy that got out takes a hostage, and uh, basically ties up all the police that are responding with this hostage situation. And this distraction allows Alabama and Clarence enough time to get away. They jump in the Cadillac and get away. They do take the money, yes. Yeah. You're and damn right. But when she was sitting there crying over him, we can hear the cops coming. I'm like, are you going to go to jail for all of this, or are you going to leave? <laughs> and, you know, as they're walking out, the cops are rushing in, and no one even questions them. And at first, you're like, wouldn't they stop people leaving? And then you realize it's a giant hotel. People are going to be leaving. Yeah. And they're on the way. They hear cops are dying. They're going to go find people who are killing Yeah, cops. I know, but Clarence was covered in blood. 
Yeah. yeah. It did have his big Elvis glasses on. Honestly, you, you could probably... see the blood going down. I, I would like to help that. I would like to hope that one of those cops was observant enough to see that this guy had a lot of blood. On. I gotta think they're not. They're they're hauling ass. I'm just. I'm just. Cops killed. I have. They're they're not in the mood to to look around. They're, I like to focused. accentuate the positive. <laughs> Eliminate the negative. Latch on to the affirmative, and don't mess with mystery in between. <laughs> well, this all ends with a voiceover by Alabama again. She talks about her and Clarence some more. You know. They love each other, bliga blaga, bliga blaga. Uh, yada yada yada. Um, and they have a son named Elvis. Then the sun sinks into the ocean, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Post credit flatulency. The no. actual sun in the sky, not the sun that they had. <laughs> well, it sinks in the ocean too, but they get him back in. You know what help them? Baby boats. <laughs> so, what did you think about it, John? Oh, I get to go first. All right. So my favorite character is Vincenzo. Mm. Uh, my least... Which one is that? Uh, Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. Okay. <laughs> He's the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character, I'm gonna have to go with Elliot. Hmm. It was hard, because I really like Bronson Pinchot. Yeah. One, one, his accent is shit in this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and two... Doesn't even sound like Balky. Yeah. No. Doesn't even sound like... <laughs> I do like Balky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna go with Big Don, but Sam Jackson had one scene, so... Yeah. Um, my favorite scene, you know what, I'm just going to say it's the Gary Oldman scene, All right. because that is a really good scene. Mm-hmm. Especially because I had a woman with a breast assessment hanging out. Mm-hmm. And my favorite line is that whole speech where he's, I'll sit down and offer you some food. Yeah. You sit down and you have an egg roll. I'm like, this is a bad motherfucker right it's here. Still look a look mystery at you. to you. Look at you. You do nothing. You over yeah. here, you can't eat. This woman right here on screen, she got her breasts hanging out. You can even look at it. I know I'm pretty, but ain't as pretty as a pair of titties. That's right. That's my, it's a whole um, thing, but that's my favorite line. My favorite tertiary object is in the beginning of the movie. Inside of Clarence's apartment, there's an Elvis statue. It is the same Elvis statue that was the focal point of an episode of Saved by the Bell. Wow. (laughs) And that is my favorite object. Impressive. Was, yeah. Screech it was Screech's parents and they broke it and Zach had to zack it all up and get a new one. Zach mm. Morris is trash. And if you get a chance, go on uh Amazon. Is it Amazon? And watch the I think it is Amazon though. Yeah, and watch I'm the sorry. series Zach Morris is trash. It's on YouTube too. Is it? I watched okay. it on there. It's fucking funny. And you realize how much of a piece of shit that guy, that guy really actually, is. not Mark Paul Gosler, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a straight arrow, but the character of Zach Morris is a real piece of shit. He's, he's uh, got problemos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will yay this movie. Um, I've always liked this movie. I saw it, like I said, I watched, I saw Pulp Fiction and then it was like, oh, this guy did this other movie and at the time I didn't know that he didn't direct it, but I knew, you know, whatever. Mm. And it's not as good as Pulp Fiction, but it's still, a, it's a great, it's a quality flick, so. Um, I've always liked it. I can't remember not liking always it. Always liked it. Yeah. Always will. When you picked it, it was like, wow, this movie is like a one-man cold. <laughs> <laughs> the only one catching it, the only one coming down with it. All right. Let's do this. Elaine. Okay. <laughs> Just get it over with. It's like so a my, Band-Aid. You my know? favorite character, I've been back and forth waffling the whole time, but I'm going to go with Dick. Dick? Uh, why is that? Because I like Michael Rappaport. Oh, uh, you love some dick. But <laughs> <laughs> Because he just seems like a nice guy that gets mixed up with the wrong people. 
Mm-hmm. This, and this, I'm I really hope he did good in that and in that TJ Hooker remake. Do you know why I can't like him? I can't like him because he, he killed, killed a bird. bird. <laughs> in Friends, he was dating Phoebe. He was a cop and just shot a bird outside of her window in New York fucking city. Okay. That he was so, a Nazi in um, my least Ireland favorite character is oh, Clarence yes. because he's a crazy mental person <laughs> and he makes bad choices. It's not okay. Uh, my favorite scene is the final shoot shootout. Where like everybody, a, bur- I like a good shootout. <laughs> I, it's comedic. I enjoyed the puff of powder. I wish he had really died, but I mean, Whoa. you can't have everything. Watch the Heathers. Um, what else do I need here? Uh, my favorite line is uh, when they're in his dad's trailer, and or well, when he's talking to his dad, and his dad is explaining who Drexel was to him. And he says, this guy wasn't just selling white flake or wild flake. And I was like, what? I just <laughs> never heard that expression before. Quite enjoyed it. So that's my favorite line. A little white flake for Elaine. Um, I went back and forth on my favorite tertiary object. Was it the mention of Dr. Zhivago? <laughs> was it the animal crackers? Was it the adorable dog? The gorillas. But I'm going to have to go with the lamp that Drexel... And Clarence are swinging back and forth at each uh, other. Hey, that's cool. a good yeah, my favorite scene. <laughs> it is really good. And so, the lamp. All right. So, cool. I have a couple of problems with this movie. Oh. First of all... It's all sunshine and rainbows still then. The character of Clarence is too attractive to be this person. This nerdy guy who can't get laid. Christian Slater is... Socially awkward. Yes. Tr- Christian Slater is too attractive for that. And... Fucking Alabama is too attractive for a call girl, even if she's only four days in. <laughs> like she's really pretty, especially in this movie, Almost and as it's just as like Kristen. she doesn't have that worn down. I'm gonna sell my body because I don't have anything else to sell. Look, and that's true. What? Why did she become a girl? So they never mention it. So because she used to be part of Mr. White back in Reservoir Dogs. There's nothing. There's nothing about them to make me like them. Like they're not really socially awkward. They're not. She doesn't really seem down on her luck. He doesn't seem awkward enough for me to feel bad for him. Like maybe he might need his friend to buy him a hooker for his birthday because he hasn't been late in the last six years. So, I don't see anything about them that would make them cling to each other to make this their love seem plausible. And I don't like them enough to to Care. watch them go on this cross-country killing spree. My, This is what I wrote down at the end. They're responsible for about 30 deaths, and they get the fucking money. Fuck them. That's how wow. I feel about this movie. I'm giving Fuck this them. I'm giving this a nay. <laughs> I don't like it. It's got lots of issues, and the main characters aren't likable enough for me to cheer for them. And I've cheered for bad guys in the past. <laughs> That's All right. it. Garlic. Excuse me. I think my favorite character is his dad. I like him. Dennis <laughs> like Hopper? a good guy doing the best he can. Yeah. I bet he's a good shooter. <laughs> a good my, kind of guy can handle a gun. My least favorite character also Anna Clarence. <laughs> these, these movies where the main character just fucks everything up. If he'd have just said, okay, let's move. And they would have just left. But there wouldn't have been a movie. I get it. If Drexel had come after her and then he went and killed him, I it would have been different. There was no motivation except for he was crazy. <laughs> the my favorite scene 
um, put the elevator scene when Clarence holds the gun up on Elliot and the cops are listening and they're like, oh shit, he's going to get killed. Oh shit, that Clarence guy is crazy. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, my favorite line happens in your favorite scene where they're sizing each other up. It's not when Gary Oldman's talking, it's when he answers and he says, I'm not eating because I'm not hungry. I'm not sitting because I'm not staying. I'm not looking at the movie because I saw it seven years ago. <laughs> and he like knows what the movie is. And I thought that uh, was a very good response. See, I should have just did all of mine. You could have done all of yours. We could have had yeah. a little scene. <laughs> Tony could have directed. It would have been a radio play. Aww. <laughs> My favorite ter tertiary object was the Cadillac, although they drove that thing like they needed new tires every two days. <laughs> Drive it like you stole it. Oh. And we, you're... You didn't say your Elvis songs. Oh. I wrote Jailhouse Rock. Good one. Mine. My favorite Elvis song is Can't Help Falling in Love with You. <laughs> My favorite Elvis song is also Can't Help Falling in Love with You, but it is also, it's a tie between that and How Great Thou Art. <laughs> about you, Tony? My favorite Elvis song? Yeah. Is, um, uh, oh, the ghetto? Goodness. Oh, what's it, what Jailhouse Rock. No. Harper Go Tell. It's evil, but that's not what it's called. Trouble. 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 Yeah. yeah. All right. And I'm going to maybe Sorry. this movie. Not T-R-O-U-B-L-E, which he also does too. Yeah. I will maybe. You're gonna maybe that movie? I will maybe. Um, I don't. Surprised. I think I want to, to watch it one more time. But uh, there's this. I agree with you. I don't care about the main characters. They do cause a whole lot of fucking trouble. I don't know if it would have been better if he had just died and she left and got away. Yeah, I've thought about that too a few times. I don't know if it really changes the movie. I'm glad Dick got away. Because he sure didn't deserve any of this yeah, shit. It kind of <laughs> does a little bit, only because Natural Born Killers was kind of supposed to be the second part of this movie, but they ended up cutting him and changing it into two separate movies. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I really don't think it changes the ending for me, whether he lives or dies. Yeah. What I like about this, what helps this movie, is the universe. It's not the, it's not a piece of film by itself. It's part of a whole universe, kind of like Chasing Amy was the Viewisk universe. Mm -hmm. This is the Tarantino verse. Well, it's the Tarantino slash Rodriguez verse. And there's so just so many little things that are callbacks to other stuff. And there's stuff in this movie that later is going to become a thing. And watching yeah. it like that really does for me. I like that kind of thing. And I haven't. Yes, I don't know. have as much way before Marvel. <laughs> With it. So like I will maybe it. I didn't oh. hate it. I thought I was going to hate it. All right. But I well, was like, 20, they, they got married within less Did you yay Elaine's movies? Mm. Did you uh, yay uh, Muscle, Muscle Dog? dog? Did I you believe yay I did. I think okay. we all did. She got all yays. Yeah, she got four yays. Yeah. <laughs> I got four yays in a really long time. Well, I was, I was just curious because we all picked a movie for Carly and two of us got maybes and Elaine got a yay. Well, we'll see well, what happens next. Well, you guys didn't really pick... Drama, romance. Movie. Excuse me. <laughs> romance, comedy, drama, romance. True romance. <laughs> I picked the most romantic movie. Uh, well, well, you picked an action adventure movie. Well, we'll see how uh, we'll see how we Prime all do. Because uh, Elaine's next for her birth month. That's like next month though, two months from now, whatever it is. All right, Tony, sure take us home. Uh, favorite character is also Vincenzo. Vincenzo. Yeah. Vincenzo. My uh, least favorite character. Let me tell you about the real villain of this movie. You okay. say Drexel, man. guy named Lance. Lance is Christian Slater's boss. That gets this hooker. This is a nice boy. He just works at a your least store. favorite character is Lance. Yeah, he gets. He's, he's the reason he's this whole movie. He's a tertiary acts. object. He's not an object. He's a person. Oh, Lance, who plays with him? Feelings. Who plays him? Now, question: Is I don't Lance remember. is Lance the same Lance from Pulp Fiction? No. 
Ooh, that would be cool. Fuck. All right, another Did, tweet. Maybe you should write down a list of things you need to tweet at Clinton Tarantino. Clinton? At Clinton Tarantino. Comic book store? Probably not. Probably not, but you never know. It could be a Unless front. Unless it's a front. Yeah, yeah it's a front drugs, for his heroin yeah. deal. We're going to have to worry about our movie in a little bit. All right, great. <laughs> our movie's kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite line is, uh, he must have thought it was White Boy Day. It's not White Boy Day, is it? <laughs> nah. All the same scene. Anyway, yeah. Except for Lance. No, but my favorite tertiary object was in that scene. Yes, it was. That is one. Probably is scene. Tony's right. That's probably one of the best scenes like in film history. I love it. My favorite scene is Drexel versus Clarence. Yeah. Big surprise. Favorite tertiary object is the empty envelope. Nice. That's <laughs> very so all of his shoes in that envelope. Weapon. It was a fuck you in an envelope. You opened it up and a little fuck you floated away. Really <laughs> and you went with trouble for your Of course, yay this movie. All right. Carly? All right. Please find us at facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast, on Twitter at unmovie podcast, and on Instagram at unmovie podcast dogs. You can email unmovie podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate, review, and listen to all of our old episodes. Next week on the podcast is Carly's, Carly's pick. pick. <laughs> do you have a movie picked down? I do. Oh, I do. I don't think that they're going to like it at all. Oh, oh excellent. Great. After four weeks of Are there bad movies. wigs? Is it foreign? No, it's not foreign. Okay. Uh, well, you said earlier when you feel sad, you watch Godzilla. When I feel sad, I watch Hope Floats. Oh, <laughs> fuck me running. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other stuff that floats. <laughs> oh, wait. I did just think of something else that floats. Is it a baby boat? No. That's why, that's why I don't call John when he's on the bathroom. <laughs> Is this where you were the queen of corn? <laughs> I'm so expecting they're going to be so mad. I love Harry Potter Jr. <laughs> I almost picked the first wives club after you mentioned it. I looked it up, it only has like a 41%. You should put it on the list. King Creole for you. <laughs> you ever see King Creole? No. This movie was... Oh, I hate Quentin Tarantino. It's fine, you don't have to like Tarantino. I don't like he'll the way okay. he writes. <laughs> I know, he'll be just fine. Then he will. He'll be just yeah, look fine. look I never rain. This is a great song. Not his best, but it's good. He has a lot of good songs. He has a lot of good songs. Yeah, Elvis. Yeah, that's why he's the king. Yeah. Dude, who do you think is better, Elvis or Prince? Elvis. Really? You think Elvis is better than Prince? Yeah. But Prince writes his own song. Okay, you asked my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I thought you would instantly agree with me and go Prince. Nope. If you were to ask me who's a better singer, still Elvis. There's not a lot of people who I think are a better singer than Elvis. Well, Dean Martin. Obviously. I think he's the best singer ever. Oh, Sinatra. Oh, so I think Sinatra's better than Elvis as well. But Dean is... Singer. Yeah, singer. Um, they're both better than Elvis, but there's no one better than Dean. So, Dean Martin, maybe Marilyn Manson. But it's like Marilyn Manson, Dean... And Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's feeling nothing. But all alone. Uh, 